0: Everybody, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. I am Charity McClure with the Transforming Center, and I'm here again with Ruth, Haley Barton, and Scott Erickson as we conclude our Advent series heading into the fourth Sunday. Of Advent. And so we're glad that you're here. We hope that you've stayed with us in the journey. We hope that you've been able to be with not only these images, but some of the words and the conversations and the questions that we've been with, and that God is speaking to you in the space that you've been able to create, even in a busy time. So this week, as we conclude, we want to talk about where is God in the darkness, not because we want to end this season in a place that is quote unquote dark or scary, even though those are some of the things that we're feeling this time, but I think that it's um, actually to help us see beyond the darkness and to see where God is leading us into the hope that is Advent and coming um, of Christ at Christmas. So, thanks again for being here. We hope that you've been having good experiences on Patreon, and we hope that you have the book in front of you, because this week we are going to be looking at chapters 21 and 23, and there are two images that we're going to call out this week one is during the chapter of breaking, and the other is the chapter 23 called attention. And so there's a lot here to unpack, and I'm excited to get into the conversation with Scott and Ruth. And so, Scott, maybe you could start with us talking about the first image that is in the chapter breaking and to talk about, you know, kind of some of the realities that are depicted in that.
1: Yeah, when my daughter was born. Her name is Elsa, named before the movie Frozen. I always say that.
0: <laughs> good uh, to I know. think I actually say that in the book. Disclaimer! Somebody
1: recently was like, I love that you always introduce your mm-hmm. daughter that way. <clears throat> it was my wife's favorite girl name for her it's whole life. It's a
2: beautiful life. name. And then
1: we named her, and then we were at a playground with her, and somebody was like, oh, like the new Disney princess? And we're like, what? Yeah, that's fine. How much birthing stories do you want to get into? Elsa took a while to come into the world and we went to the hospital like three times and they're like you're not far enough you got to go back it was like three a long process it's the walk of shame isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally i think like the fourth time they let us stay mm-hmm. and it still was like another 15 mm-hmm. hours so we're all like ex- exhausted i mean mostly my wife i'm tired too but um <laughs> <laughs> like, i
2: think this might be the, i'm
1: <laughs> i'm there as well <laughs>
2: it's utterly think, exhausted because you're I working think, so hard, I right? I actually don't, I don't know. There's many care. women who don't have
0: a story about their exhausted husband <laughs> while they were giving birth. Right. I know yeah, I have
2: mine. Yeah, other yeah. people have
0: theirs. It was yeah. really yeah. hard for the husband. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but she's coming and I'm holding my wife's right leg, you know, like and the doctors here. I'm like helping. And I'm so I'm. I'm like holding her hand and I'm holding her leg. And then the doctor's like, here's the head. And I'm like, oh my God, there's the head. And then she like, you know, they do this like little turn thing and she just popped right out. And we saw her and then we looked at each other and we both burst into tears out of probably exhaustion. But I'm reflecting on that moment. I was like, it it was so involuntary. Like it just, in it, in it, and when I was thinking about Jesus, like the birth of Jesus, I was like, I wonder if Mary and Joseph had like an involuntary moment of just bursting into tears. And what is that moment? That moment is here's this thing that's been hidden for so long. Just so many ideas about so many hopes and dreams and thoughts, and what are they gonna be like? And then all of a sudden, here it here they are. Here it moved from this like hiddenness to this visibleness and it really f- if a threshold i i breaking almost i said a breaking because all of my faculties of holding it together just like fell apart <laughs> it is like the sacred moment of a birth is just like it just cracks you open in a beautiful way like you're, it, it's the cracking of your heart getting bigger you know And it's a, it's a beautiful moment. And and then being an author and needing to build upon that idea because my editor was like, make it a thousand words, you know, (laughs) is like, yeah, what is that? What happens to us when that breaks open? What is that experience? And I think it's that, like, it's, it's like everything that was in your head all of a sudden became reality. And what are you going to do with it? And so I didn't want to do that exact picture of holding my wife's leg and stuff, but in researching illustrations, You'd be surprised the pictures and the videos people put of their birthing <laughs> birthing stories online. And I think when you're in the middle of it, all the adrenaline stuff, you kind of like forget how intense it is. But to watch a birthing video, just cold turkey, you're like, oh, no, this <laughs> <laughs> is wow. Oh, wow. But I found this image. I found a bunch of images of just like mothers holding their Baby, you know, because they bring the baby up, and we're getting the smell, and we're and skin to skin, and it just like their faces in every one of those pictures were so beautiful, and I think it it's because it's like oh every everything's changed. Here's this thing, it moved from the hiddenness to the visibleness. It moved. I moved from kind of not that mothers aren't observing, but if we want to take this observation to participation, like all of a sudden I'm just kind of I was standing at a distance now I'm very involved and I and I and I think that's actually alluding to the journey of a deeply spiritual life is is you can only stand outside with your theological ideas for so long before you're asked to get into it Mm -hmm. you're asked to volunteer you're asked to sacrifice you're asked to like give up what you hope to do to because you're going to serve this person or this community or this you know it it moves from just kind of ideas to like observation to participation is is the is the deeper move that i see yeah and and christ shows us that even in his embodiment from just like not that God was just observing, although there's plenty of people who've mused on that, but just what we see is a participating Christ. And that is a and that Christ comes eventually is in a cruciform shape, in a death or resurrection and resurrection, and we're kind of involved in the same participation as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Before we get to the participation part, one of the things that was standing out to me as you were speaking was it actually circles us all the way back to the beginning, which is about our longing, you know, so mm-hmm. much about that breaking moment about everything that you hope for then becoming real or becoming seen is that it also then is directly connected to some sort of a longing that you had. When it all comes together, that is kind of the breaking. It's either, I think in the book, you talk about it being maybe a healing or maybe it's a mm-hmm. re, like a truth that is revealed or maybe it's an actual receiving of something that you've been hoping to receive. And so I'm curious, Ruth, what do you, what do you make of the fact that we come back to longing mm-hmm. again as it relates to, this kind of culmination of something.
2: I mean, the longing is wrapped up in there, don't you yeah. think? Well, I'm thinking of that phrase, when faith becomes sight, like that, that kind of applies to this moment, that thing that you were hoping was happening, the thing that you longed for, that all of a sudden, rather than just having to have faith, you get to actually see it now yeah. and hold it. And it's real now in a way that it wasn't, I, you know? And it's funny because, you know, how when you are pregnant, you you know you have a baby but you don't you don't know who the baby is right and and then mm-hmm. after you've had the baby and you get to know then you go back and you think you were in there all the time. It was you, you know, like it wasn't just some random unidentified baby. Totally. It, it was you. Yeah. Yes. It was you. And, and now you, mm-hmm. because you've seen it now, you know more, you can look back and say, now I, it's just fun to think back that, you know, that was who was in there all that whole time. But yeah. now I know more about yeah. who it was and who it is. And so it's why so many people, I think, wait to name babies until they see yes, them. Yes, They might yes, even yes. have
0: a few names and they're really? like, we
2: can't well, choose gotta, one yeah. until we see. That's right. And then when they see the baby, they all of a sudden know what the name is. Mm-hmm. I've, heard, I've heard of that. The other thing I'm aware of, too, there's another emotion I wanted to add in here. You know, you talked about the breaking and the, the tears and all. I know that, you know, for me, there's a feeling of relief. And mm-hmm. that's a different kind of a feeling where you're relieved on so many levels. You're relieved the baby's healthy. Like, really, all the way through the pregnancy, you're trying not to think any bad thoughts. I don't know if does anyone else had this experience. You're trying not to think that there could possibly... You don't want to think about it. You just don't want to think about any of those things. And so the first feeling is joy and relief that the baby's well. And Yeah, hopefully. I mean, some people have a different kind of experience. Right, exactly, yes. Or there's, you know, another experience then. Mm -hmm. There's also the feeling of, you know, for the mother who's carried the baby, it's been, and by this time you've been very uncomfortable for a while, and the relief of having, you know, even in the first few minutes, having your body sort of back to only being... You know, your body starts feeling better immediately because you're not you don't have the nine pounds or whatever it is in your body. So all of that's in in that moment. And it it is a revelation, a lot of revelation all in one in Mm -hmm. one amazing moment, which is why you break open. It is because what has been hidden, what has been something that you could only imagine is now fully revealed. And it's something you have been longing for and you've waited for it. And now finally. And all the waiting, you know, it's here. Yeah. So, and I, I think, it, it is an amazing thing to have something that was taking place in the darkness, not darkness as being bad, but darkness as being unknown and unknown unseen. And
1: hidden.
2: Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it can be seen, mm-hmm. and you realize that the darkness was deeply necessary. Yeah. For the baby to grow to where it went, or. Mm-hmm in the spring you you see that the winter was necessary in order for the plants to come forward as they do and so there's a sense of gratitude for what was brought forth from this secret hidden yeah dark place of incubation yeah you know
1: yeah yeah you know i have friends with kids who have disabilities or mm-hmm. complications and stuff and and maybe when we say participation mm-hmm. I don't think we're not doing this, but it doesn't necessarily mean, like, and it's everything that you wanted. It just means, like,
2: something... (laughs) Now you can see it.
1: Now you can see it, and you're, like, you're being asked Mm -hmm. to participate in whatever the particularities are. And that's often, I think, our case. We imagine what our... Dream job would be, or what it would finally be like when I get married, or whatever, you know. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, and then there's some unforeseen realities in that. And it's like, are you still going to participate with this thing? That it was observation was like my idea of it versus like, this is what it really is like to be here in this and the realities of it. That is a consistent rhythm that I found throughout my human life is like, oh, yeah, the thing that you want comes in, and it's always in a way that you you haven't fully figured out, which is good news and bad news. I mean, bad news is like, I like to say to people, it's like, because in my work with like Say Yes and like the death of a dream and what are what's on the other side of a death of a dream, it's like, yeah, how you thought it was going to turn out, is it's never going to turn out that way. But it's going to turn out in a way you've never imagined it. And that is the surprise. And are you willing to show up for that? Because there might be a time in that unimagined reality, you'll be like, Oh, I'm so glad it was this way. I never could have imagined this, but I'm so glad it was this way. You would only know that though, through participation on what is, and that is the I think the invitation in an incarnate life is like what is, what is happening, what is going to happen. Yeah. Because look, I I <laughs> I don't have the capacity to make a baby, so the birthing analogy is great, but it, I I see this in like vocation in. Trying to just do something in the world, even in like our prayer lives, <laughs> like we imagine like what our, pr- our awesome prayer lives will be, and we can never quite accomplish that. But do we still participate in what we can do, or how it could be, and what comes from that? Yeah, and I, I, I think in that participation, it starts. It's it we're it's what God's doing with us, right? The Spirit's giving us this longing and leading us on this thing, and then the participation is asking like sure, I put that longing in you, but how you imagine that was going to come out, that's not going to happen that way. But there's another way it's going to happen, and that's the surprise I want to invite you to. Mm. And you're only going to know that if you move from just this idealized observation to this, you know, human, messy, complicated, layered, wonderful, beautiful, unexpected participation in that.
0: Is that also what you're speaking to there? Is that also what starts to lead you to the the next image about the, like, paying attention to your internal patterns and seeing where that meets some of the external ones.
1: Yeah. That yeah.
0: like that they're that you might have an idea of how it's going to happen, but really what you're just in touch with is the desire and the longing and and kind of what's already stirring and then there's something maybe from the exterior world that might actually come and meet that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and this I will say that this poet named David White kind of had this phrase, but when I was meditating on like the magi and I'm not, look, I'm not a biblical scholar. And I think you could argue who are the Magi and whether there's a series of priests in the Middle East or whatever like that. I, I And that's worth looking into the history and archeology span of it all. But like so much of their journey was gonna, it was unknown. You know, I think it's not like they saw a star in the sky and then they got a PDF of what their trip itinerary was gonna be. Like to go on a journey across foreign lands camelback horseback walking no ac you know no refrigerators no you know it's like it has a big journey to do why why would you do that why would you why would you take such an undertaking of risk if not it was your deepest desire to and then i was like what was their deepest desire their deepest desire was to know god Right. I think these whoever became these like stargazers, astrologers, astronomers, priests, whatever they were, they they had a deep desire to know God. And I think their question that they walked around with was like, I want to find you in the world. I'm looking for you. How do I find you? How do I know you? And then all of a sudden, a pattern or something that reflected that desire in them showed up in the sky and they were like, there it is. Let's go see where that takes us. And they, because that was their deepest desire and it took them on that journey and it led them to Jesus and not trying to bring myself to the story, but I think these stories illuminate that we're in the same story right now. That that has happened to me. It's like, I'm like, I know this is a true story because I find myself in that same story too. You know, I think like when we whisper, God, I want to find you earnestly. We don't know what kind of cosmic strategies, like hidden gears start to like, it's like, she asked the question, <laughs> plan B, go, you know, like put it in motion and everything starts arranging and stuff like that to where months later you find yourself going, I can't, is this really happening right now? Because I think the statement, is this what's happening right now, is one of the best moments in a human life, I think. I think so. Yeah. Whatever we don't get to see for most of our lives, we just get like a little, it's like a little, it's like a little, I want to say divine kiss. I don't know if that's the right. It's just like we get to see a little sliver that there might be something much, much larger behind all of this. And we and we just catch it for a second. We're like, what is happening right now? And then it all goes away. Mm. It's like Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Like the moment they re- recognize, they're like, it's Jesus. He like disappears. And they just get that little moment. They're like, what? Huh? huh? What's happening right now? And I.
0: You had have, well, that. you said you had, you've had you had a moment like that recently.
1: Yeah, I had this. Yeah, because in the book, I talk about like feeling called to be an artist and how, kind of how all these things were leading me to that vocation. But recently, I had like four pastor friends all go on sabbatical this year, which always was like, how many of you are going to stay being pastors, right? But they all did. But I got to go with my friend Kurt, and we went to Iceland because we've talked about Iceland for a while. There's no particular sacred shrines or anything in Iceland, it's it's very it's more like you're going to go see glaciers and volcanoes and natural stuff I'm interested in this idea of pilgrimage and what makes a pilgrimage this author who wrote this book called The Art of Pilgrimage he goes, two people can be standing at like a temple or sacred shrine and having completely different experiences somebody could be like this is the end of my quest. And somebody can be like, I just got off the airplane. Let's get a picture and get out of here. You know, like, what is the diff- The difference is intentionality. A pilgrimage is to, like, bring up your the questions you've been carrying and intentionally walk with them. And so Kurt and our two other friends... I brought this to them because I was like, hey, I think we're all men of a particular age who are going through different things. I think we have a lot of questions. What if we walked with our questions together intentionally as we're going to look at this waterfall and as we're eating fermented shark? Like (laughs) whatever we're doing in Iceland, what would it be like to walk with our questions, our deep questions that we have for God? So we're doing this and I was there for eight days. So I definitely went through this like amazing moments, kind of low moments, coming back around. And there's a lot of backstory here. My son went through some really hard surgeries this summer. I found myself going into the trip just with not a lot of energy for my life. I was like, I don't I don't really know how to do the next phase of my life, my work. I am not I don't I I feel a little bit lost. And w- within that trip and praying and listening and going on these journeys together, I found that energy come back. So I was very on our on our last full day there, I woke up and I was like, I think I'm I'm really excited to go back to my life. Like, I'm, I'm excited for the work ahead of me in that. This day was just Kurt and I, the two other guys had left. We were driving in this peninsula. We pulled off the side of the road, walked in the mountains, all the kind of stuff. We ended up at this beach. There's this mountain. It's called Chapel Mountain. It was in Game of Thrones. And it's like this <laughs> peak that comes right out of the ocean. It's very picturesque. So we're there looking at it. But it was low tide. We're on the ocean. I mean, Iceland's an island. And I love a good low tide. So I was like, hey, let's go walk in the low tide, see what we'll find. So we're walking around the beach, seaweed, rocks, some shells and stuff. And then Kurt goes, hey, look at this shell. And he holds up a scallop shell. A scallop shell is a... It's kind of... When you think of a shell, it's kind of what you think about. It's got the, like, quarter circle with the lines in it and the little, like, triangles at the bottom.
0: Almost like a fan.
1: Yeah, like a fan. And... We've been on we've been on a lot of beaches in Iceland. hadn't seen anything like that anywhere, and I was like, "Kurt, this is this is the symbol of pilgrimage. If you go walk the Camino, uh, you pilgrims on that journey, they are given a scallop shell and they walk with the scallop shell as a symbol of their pilgrims on a journey. The scallop shell, those lines, it's it, it actually, if you look into it, it's like all people from all different places are converging together at this cathedral Mm. in Spain and I had had lunch with my friend uh, Miriam who had walked the Camino before because I was asking her about pilgrimage and she told me it's like walking with your questions and so I'm on this beach and I found a few other ones and I was having this moment like what's happening right now (laughs) like I have been Saying I want to have a pilgrimage, I've been implementing these things. And then all of a sudden, on my last day, I'm receiving the image of a pilgrim. And I texted her a picture. I was like, look what I just found on this beach. And she texted back. She goes, it means you're on the right path. (laughs) (laughs) And in this moment, this like, just this wave of light, of love, but also just being seen. I think, at least for me, a lot of my questions to God are is not necessarily like, hey, what's next? How do I accomplish this? It's more like, it's always like, do you see what my life, like where my life is at? And not see as an obstacle, but are you participating in the all the elements of my life, my wife, my family, my friends, the world? Are you partic- Are you real in all of this? To have the audacity to think God is intimately aware of all of our lives is... Like mind-boggling, right? And what I think was what was happening to me in that moment was like I got a little sliver of that, of like the the divine intentionality of like I know what you're, (laughs) I know what's going on with your life, I know what's ahead of you. I am orchestrating things you can't even imagine. But in this moment, I let you know, you're on the right path. Yeah, it's. Nothing and something at the same time. This is the paradox of those moments, though, is like it's nothing, meaning some sea lion (laughs) found a home of scallops and eats them and discards the shells in this one particular spot on the beach. Very easy to explain. And yet it's something that how did my interior life meet up with the exterior world at this moment that transformed me as a person that will transform the work the message I tell, the way I live my life. You know what I'm saying? And that is the, that's what I mean when we all have, we'll we'll find ourselves in these moments going, what is happening right now? And I I would like to imagine that there was a moment with these magi. (laughs) Like even, you know, like what, we think about all their way getting there, but then what was it like when they like left and they went home and they were like, can you, is that how this turned out? I did not did you what did you think we were gonna find? I don't know. Yeah. That's something. And this is how it turned like you know what I'm saying? It's not it's a story that we can see happen back then, but it's a story happening to us who are pilgrims now. Yeah. Right? Uh, I knew the stresses had a chance to really derail me from my own spiritual life, but it was because of this community that I actually I think I was able to stay on track with my
0: spiritual life with the practices. So I wouldn't say it was animal just a-
1: and I felt that very profoundly. And I felt this space is a space where my soul, who I really am, my true self, can come out and can be safe and can be received and can be nourished. So what's blown and, my mind is that like, the greatest way I can show up before God is as a human. And I feel like I've always tried to be like an angel disguised as a human, <laughs> you know? Like the whole idea of desires was selfish and not Christian. And what I'm saying now is that, like, that's how I show up as my most authentic self, and it's how I relate to other humans. It's how I actually show God's greatness and glory to other people. Like well, being you know, And I guess when we are closing now, um, I'm thinking about, of course, the rule of life, what I'm gonna do with this,
2: with this deep desire, how to arrange your life to keep the journey.
1: Uh, there's some moments of...
2: Well, friends, we wanted to take a break from our conversation about Advent just to remind you about Transforming Community 20 that's coming up. It's starting April 21 through 23. We're taking applications now. And one of the things I'd like to mention about Transforming Community is that we really do work hard to create a safe space to be with our honest questions and our honest longings. And to be able to do that in community with other leaders is is just a real gift. We are very confidential. We give real structure for how to have these kinds of conversations. And it's a real blessing especially to leaders who don't have as many safe places as as other people might have. And so we also want to let you know that, like we've been presenting Visio Divina and some very artful expressions about our faith in this season, and we do highlight many spiritual practices and give leaders an opportunity to try some new things. If you're a leader who's interested in entering into a safe space with your own honest questions and longings, if you are looking for some fresh spiritual practices in your life that might revitalize your relationship with God, we would love to have you consider joining us, and we are taking applications now. Please go to our website, transformingcenter.org, if you'd like more information about the upcoming Transforming Community, and you can use Podcast 20 as a code to receive $50 off your application fee. And now, back to our conversation. I I wonder,
0: can a pilgrimage kind of be flipped the other way, too, because as you were you're talking, I'm Feeling like I often have moments where the current moment illuminates the past moments that show me the pilgrimage that I've been on, mm. and I'm wondering if it's something different when if it happens that way, or if there's a difference in. But I, this this idea that the patterns or the things that are stirring in you converging with the things that are actually happening outside of you um, can be way, things that you experience on multiple levels. I've I've had the sense that sometimes I'll go for a period of time without really knowing exactly how or why or what is unfolding and then something will happen and I'll remember the places that I've been that actually prepared me for the exact moment that I find myself in. And it has been encouraging for me to see the connection between the interior stirrings and patterns and the exterior realities and almost orchestrations as you're talking about things like moving into place. And so it made me, just want to be curious about the unfolding of each of our lives in in the pl- in the ways in which so much of what's happening on the inside is happening for a reason to actually combine with what is being brought to you on the outside you yeah. know and I feel like that's what was happening with the magi that was what's happening with you on your pilgrimage and to me it's in It gets to that part where you know that God is at work somehow, you know what I mean? And then you get to have these moments that illuminate that for you and give you either the benefit of hindsight or the hope of, you know, this future thing or this momentary seeing, like in the moment seeing. And so I'm curious just how that kind of stuff hits and sits with you too, because I find immense gratitude in those moments and they are faith building for me too, to see like, oh, like the ways that God has been stirring about that particular thing for so long is one of the reasons why I'm here now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The fact that I had those relationships and those things happen are so that I can bring a certain kind of presence into the moment now. Like if none of that is on accident, you know what I mean? That like I can see the path, you know, that I've been on and or maybe you can see the path that you are on. And what an encouragement and a mystery that is. So this image in the chapter Attention of this baby with some different cosmic elements on it, but really what I think it's speaking to is a lot of what you've already been talking about, right? This image of the interior realities and the external realities and there being some sort of this, like, connection that we can't really describe. This mysterious drawing in and out all at the same time is something that I feel like is the invitation to participation, to actually see where that's happening you know well
1: in this image we have this figure of a newborn baby but laid on on top of this image is like this night sky with like galaxies and shooting stars and and then this golden star the the star that led them to find this baby and 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 jesus is a a mystery a a paradox of of just a, a god and human and And it's something we can't really grasp, but we're invited to be transformed by. And so, and in that, and I think, so trying to bring those two things together in a two-dimensional image is, this is my solution to that. And I, and in the meditation, I was writing about these magi, like wanting to know God and then finding God in their world in the form of this baby, but that god led them to that through a star of <laughs> a, a phosphorus gas giant up in space <laughs> or whatever that meant for them to follow it you know like there's lots of hypotheses and theories about that and i think what it invites us to is that god's going to reveal god's self in the world we live in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i think sometimes we butt up against like at least I do is just I imagine like how that's supposed to happen. Usually, it's more light shows and oh, like lifting off the ground or are these like heavenly moments, but really, it might be just in patterns that appear and like what I think just here's an exercise as an artist. If somebody's like, i'm I'm trying to figure out what my voice is and my art is, what an exercise to do is to take what are ten images that really speak to you? I learned this from one of my art teachers, it's like gather ten images. Why are these? Why do these really resonate with you? And you lay them out and you talk about them because it's all pointing to a deep desire in you. Mm. And that, as an artist, you're trying to get in touch with is like well, like uh, one thing that I tell artists is like when you go when you go to like an art opening or like a open studios, and you're looking around, you're like no 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 oh this one like what is it you're looking for. That's the art you should be making. <laughs> That's what you should be making. And I think when we're saying it's like, what's catching your attention? Why is it catching your attention? that's where you should be asking questions about your life. Mm. That's maybe where the invitation of God is in vocation. Because I think when we talk about spiritual stuff, we'd be like, yeah, sure. Prayer, church attendance, singing worship songs, great. What about my job? What about vacation? You know, like, no, 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 no. Our life is a holistic life. So rarely my conversations with God just ended on, and thanks for this good feeling, amen. It was then, usually the questions were like, and now how are you going to work in the world? Like my that my pilgrimage was like, I was asking a lot of questions about how to be an artist and and what is my role still? And that was my my question was like in my life and my work, how do I want to work? How do I want to be a dad and a husband and these kinds of things? It's involved in all kinds of things. And so, and again, the giver of our lives knows all those intimacies and is kind of leading us in that. So that, and it showed up in this very, beautiful thing like a newborn baby and it took them on a journey and we're still talking about that journey today and <laughs> you know that and I'm still I'll probably tell that a scallop shell story for the rest of my life like am I the only one having this experience I just I don't know I think I'd like to think that it, it comes in different forms because God knows this intimately my wife doesn't have a story like that but she has these like interesting happenings that have led her to where she's at and and I do think when you look back on your life, you're like, oh, your life makes sense because you can kind of see the thread going through. But when you get to the present day, you're like, and it looks like nothing. And then you look <laughs> at the future and you're like, probably nothing else either. You know, like it's, it is, it is in retrospect, we kind of see that thread of divine intention through our lives. And so in these dark places or these hidden places, these unknown places, we can use this story of people who've gone before us we can use our experience of like I have found myself here before and you know what a little while later things were revealed and I was asked to move from observation to participation and I'm gonna wait for the moment I'll be asked to move part- to participation I'm gonna focus I'm gonna trust this desire I'm gonna spend time with these questions I'm gonna go on a pilgrimage I'm gonna see what happens
0: I think one of the things that I was speaking to, like, seeing the thread and, and what we're talking about with the Magi and the pilgrimage and all that is the the idea of what has shaped us, what has led us, mm-hmm. what is leading us, what is being formed in us, you know, um, during that time and or during
2: this time. And how do we follow the signs, you know? Well, I think I'm resonating with you, Charity, in terms of looking back, you can see it more clearly than you can always see it the other way and i'm reminded of cs lewis's image of being in a in a woods and stepping into a, a patch of God light, you know, the next yeah. one. Yeah. Like, and so you you bravely step into that one. You don't know the whole journey, but you take the next step that's clear. And that's the way I see, a, a tr- you know, oftentimes a truly spiritual journey unfolding, is that you don't ever get to see the whole journey. And I think the Magi story tells us that. God just doesn't do it that way. And I think part of it is because God has designs for growing our own faith. So if we could see the whole journey, then it would take less faith to follow it. Um, But that's not the way it happens because God is working a deeper level of faith in us. Are you willing to take this next step that's clear, even though you can't see where it's going to lead? You can't see the whole path ahead of you. Are you willing to still be with me here in faith and take the one next step that's clear? And and I think, you know, much of it begins with desire. You know, or it's um, only sustained. By, yeah, by exactly. Desire. Any true journey yeah, is only sustained because yeah. the, the question of how bad do you want it is a question that I'll raise a lot of times as it has to do with desire is how bad do you want it? Do you want it enough to to rearrange your life? You know, do you want it badly enough to get started on a real journey to leave some things behind? How bad do you want it? The Magi wanted it bad enough. I mean, they they risked themselves completely to to take that journey and you have to come back to it sometimes and say well how bad do i want it i'm taking this risk i'm experiencing this loss i'm scared to death how bad do i want it i want it really badly what other path would i want to be on right now except this one so i'm going to stay faithful to it even though i can't see the outcomes i think that's what's required you know in this journey so and it's true in mary's life too she said yes to the one next thing right she had no idea what it would involve what the whole journey would involve she knew the one thing that the angel was saying, and she said, okay, I'm, I'm down for that. I will do that. And then, you know, her journey unfolded in a way that she could have never have predicted. And I think these journeys are also characterized by many dangerous toils and snares. I think that's another true characteristic of a spiritual journey is that it does require a willingness to experience some risk. It, there will be some dangers along the way. It was a very dangerous journey for everybody involved with the Christmas story, And so that needs to be our willingness as well. I I don't think that this kind of a journey is for the faint of heart. It's for those who are willing to take the one next step that's clear, endure the risks that are involved, endure danger at times, times when you might even think you're losing your life. There are moments when you think, I think I may lose everything right here, you know, and yet you've seen too much to be willing to go back. You know, you've heard the invitation deep inside. You don't want to go back to a life that's lived on autopilot. You don't want to go back to a life that's lived just merely externally, as opposed to being guided by an inner light. So I think the whole Christmas story for everybody involved, it's a story of many different people waiting for different things, which is the theme of Advent, the major theme of Advent, staying in touch with, which, with what was really happening on the inside for them, and then taking the very next step that was clear, not knowing what the whole journey would be and so i think you know that's that's what those are the, the dynamics that characterize the advent journey i think and that journey of of longing and being willing to stay present with it maybe one other thing i was struck by as we were talking here was that you know our original question where is god in the darkness that eventually along the way we learn to trust darkness itself yeah and that's hard it's not we would rather have everything really nicely illuminated with street lamps and flashlights and, you know, lanterns and whatever else. But I think this journey calls us to trust God in the darkness and also to trust the dynamic of darkness itself, that it's not a scary place all the time, that there are really, really important things that happen in the darkness. And when it feels dark in my own life, can I trust it? Yeah. Am I willing to trust that place and let God unfold it in God's way and in God's time? I think that's a very important... Lesson of Advent as well, to trust, not just trust God in the darkness, but to actually trust the function of darkness itself.
1: Yeah. Ooh. The stars are only revealed in mm-hmm. the darkness. Right. Babies, you can only see the stars. Yeah.
2: Babies can only grow in the womb. I mean, yeah. in the darkness of the womb. Seeds can only come forth in the spring if they, were, if they participated in dormancy, if dormancy they stayed where they belonged. But I like where you're going mm-hmm. with that the stars can only be seen mm-hmm. in the darkness because that's
0: ultimately where the guidance came from. Mm-hmm. You know? And so when we think about the darkness that we're experiencing right mm-hmm. now and all the places that it feels like, how in the world do we know what to do or where to go to start to look for the stars that are showing yeah. in the darkness of this time and
2: wondering what they mean, what they're saying, where they're leading... Or the patch of God light and step into it. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is the one, I don't know everything, but I know this one thing. I can see some light right here, so I'm going to step into this light and wait here until the next piece of light is there for me to step into. It's a hard way. It's it's, it's harder, but in some ways, it's nice to know that we don't have to know the whole thing in order to get started. We don't have to see the whole journey in order to get started. Well, and it's also honest that we don't know more than we know.
0: You know what I mean? So, you know, to go back to our theme of an honest... Mm -hmm advent leading to mm-hmm. an honest hope there's a lot of honesty in saying I only know the next thing that's right and that we only know the next thing and hopefully that is a hopeful place mm-hmm. to be that we can take that next step that's together right. without having to know everything and that there is always a patch of Godlight yeah. somewhere there is always a star
2: and that's all that's required of us yeah actually yeah no more and no less to take that one next step that we can see to take
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: with the light God has given. Well Scott, do you want to read the the final part of
0: this chapter? I'd love to. To close out this episode and season actually. It
1: has been such a delight to talk about all this and I think I think this is a great ending for what we're saying, but the surprise is how every time we've been asking a question, inwardly I've just been reversing that question. Like where is God in the darkness? I'm like, "Well, where is the darkness in God?" Like not dark like God has darkness, but it's just like I keep wanting to put God into my life circumstances and instead of going, well, why isn't my life in God's circumstances? Because that then is like, oh, I'm in the life of God already. I loved what you said. The intentionality with God's going to look different with all of us. God knows the adventure we want to go on and he's going to do that in different ways for each one of us. And I think that is... So it's, it's really a good work to not to not like feel like we know what God is doing, but to inquire, what's God doing in your life? How's that working out in your life? It's probably gonna look different in each person, and that is a delight to discover. Here's the end of this section called Attention. We may not be asked to travel hundreds of miles to experience the presence of a newborn king, but the stars leading you to a deeper knowledge of God may be just as mysterious now as they were back then. The wonder in God with us is found in paying attention to the exterior patterns that illuminate the patterns within. If you are watching, you'll see them. Then you too will be asked to move from observation to participation in the ancient journey of knowing the divine. So may you keep paying attention to what the outside illuminates inside.
2: Amen.